0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: BDPAI Radio showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, and computer science academics. We highlight people with a passion for educating our youth in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BDPAI Radio show serves the BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community. BDPA iRadio, linking business, education, and technology.
0: I'm your host, Fran McNeil, and tonight is Tuesday, October 8th. We have an exciting lineup of guests. Our first guest is Clarence Lacard, who is the chapter president of BDPA Cincinnati. Our second guest is our very own Dr. Jesse Benley, Executive Director of the Joint Educational Facilities, and our first guest is Pablo Moray, Chapter President of BDPA Orlando. So let's get started and welcome our first guest, Clarence. How are you doing tonight?
2: I'm doing well, very well, Fran. How are you?
0: I'm just fine, and I understand that you're calling in from Cincinnati, so uh, thanks again for sharing a little bit of your time tonight with us, and I'm going to read for our listeners your bio. Clarence McCart is the Chapter President at BDPA Cincinnati, and he has skillfully chartered the growth and development of the chapter over the past two years. He's brought us to thematic mindset to his leadership of one of the most storied chapters in BDPA history. Clarence believes that every BDPA member should receive programs and services that allow them to learn more, earn more, and do more. Clarence is driving the black community in Cincinnati to join BDPA, and his reasoning is simple and direct. Technology enables us to improve our lives. So, in so many facets, and BDPA is all about technology. Whether you're a casual technology user or a hardcore developer, BDPA has something for you. And Clarence brings with him 15 years of experience, Procter and Gamble, and he was res- And. Then- and his daughter, Kiana, so Clarence, thank you again so much for um joining us on the show tonight.
2: Thank one of the questions
0: oh you you're welcome. One of the questions that people often ask is um and I'd like to ask this of you, how did you first find out about c d p a and what's kept you involved in the organization?"
2: Well, friend, I found out about BDPA through a mentor of mine at Procter & Gamble about five or six years ago. Um, but what's kept me involved is a conversation that I had with my daughter when she was about 10 years old. So she's 18 now in her first year of college. <clears throat> but when she was 10 years old, we were riding in the car one day, and I asked her what she wanted to be when she grew up. And like most 10-year-olds, she named about four or five dozen things, and none of them were IT-related. So I asked my daughter, "Why not do what what Dad does?" You know, and she looked at me with complete seriousness and complete innocence, and she said, "Because I don't want to live in India." And after a couple of seconds of confusion, I realized that I had been projecting onto her fear and uncertainty and outright frustration with the state of IT careers here in the U.S., and she was picking up on that. And I realized that we might be in danger of losing an entire generation of black talent in IT because of fear and uncertainty. And I knew I had to do something about that. And then I met Patrick Nelson who who's the chair of the CAC here in Cincinnati and he told me about BDPA and the programs that they offered and the opportunities to engage and it was a perfect fit for me. So I started with my journey with BDPA because of very selfish, very personal reason to make sure that my daughter had the same opportunities that I had, but I've continued to stay engaged because the more I reach out and I see these bright young minds and all the wonderful ideas they come up with, it just keeps me going.
0: Well, wow, that's a very powerful story and a wonderful link between personal and the community. And I've had an opportunity at the last national conference to meet Patrick Nelson, um, so I'm very aware of um, his motivation and um how he leads the c a c and his contributions so yep. thanks for thanks for sharing that story mm-hmm. now for the past two years you've been a president of b d p a cincinnati um what what has that been like in terms of a leadership role and and what are you most proud of hmm.
2: Well, I try not to have too many prideful moments, but what I'm happiest about is the state of our youth programs in the Cincinnati chapter. So, for example, this is the second year that we've been able to collaborate with Tech Corps of America to sponsor Techie Club, which exposes kids to um, technology as early as third grade. So getting to see those kids do programming and have blogs and break down computers and put them back together, that has been great. Last year, the first year we did it, we had about 25 students. It was so successful at taft STEM Elementary that they asked us to double the size of the program, which we did this year to 50 students. Next year, we're going to be looking to expand to other schools in the Cincinnati area, and that's been really exciting. Also, our high school computer competition team recently um, placed the highest that they've placed in a while, placing fifth at nationals, so they're really excited about that. But on top of that... One of the things we've been doing with our CAC here in Cincinnati is using them to create paid internship opportunities for our high school students. So not only are the students getting, getting an opportunity to learn, they're getting an opportunity to apply their skills and get paid for it. So it's great for them. It's great for the chapter. But it's also great for the community. One of the things that Cincinnati is focusing on very heavily is preventing brain drain, so stopping IT talent, especially diverse talent, from leaving the area. And with the programs that we've been able to do with the high school students and the internships, getting them local jobs early on, getting them hooked on their home city has been allowed BDPA to be a powerful part of that citywide initiative. So those things make me really, really happy when I think about the value that the student members are getting, the community is getting, the corporations are getting. All those pieces are coming together.
0: Wow, and I can I can really see why um, you have the slogan learn more, earn more and do more. And that's that's a wonderful flow of resources and talent, um, literally from the classroom to boardroom and then um, back down the line. Yeah, one
2: of the so, things that one of the things that we try to champion, sorry, to add a little bit more to that, that we try to champion is for the kids to be able to own their own ideas. So creating that mindset early on hmm. is critical in the program.
0: And and how do you do that? Because um, there may be other chapters um, that might be interested in, in pursuing that as well.
2: We have an entrepreneurship uh, special special interest group um, that really spearheads how to take your idea from concept to money in your pocket. Um, So that was something that was very important to kick off as I came into a leadership role in the chapter. We also partner with uh, another organization called YMCA, um, Black and Latino Achievers, um, and they have both a technology cluster and a business cluster. So by partnering with them, they happen to hold their sessions in the same place where we train our high school students. We've been able to find some natural synergies that have allowed us to take advantage of their programs as well.
0: Mm-hmm. that's really powerful. And and do uh, some of the YMCA students get involved in the high school computer competition or
2: not really? We have absolutely seen a cross-pollinization of talent from one group to another because often the kids are doing IT work or IT-related things but don't know it. You know, I've had kids say, oh, I'm only interested in music or I'm only interested in media broadcasting. It's like, technology, you're doing technology, let us show you how to expand on that. So it's been a great cross-polarization between the two programs.
0: Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And I and as I'm listening, I hear that you're really um, tapping existing resources. You mentioned the CAC. You mentioned high school computer competition, um, the schools, um, the YMCA. So you're really leveraging the resources in the community as well as the members um, to get everyone involved. So what are some lessons that you've learned in this process of mobilizing the community, whether it's the BDPA community or the youth or um, organizations?
2: Hmm. I guess the the thing that I would think think about is uh, it came from a book that I read. It's called Never Eat Alone. It's by a guy named mm-hmm. Keith Razi, and this guy calls himself the ultimate networker. And his book talks about how to form relationships and how to engage people. And every time I think about, okay, I'm going out. Who can I have dinner with? Who can I have lunch with? What relationships can I form that would help to further the goals of BDPA and drive change in the community? So this is kind of like my little uh, mini networking resource that I keep. I keep one copy in the car and I keep one copy at home. So this book, Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi, has been my field guide towards. Being able to form some of the necessary relationships. Mm-hmm.
0: So, does that book talk about specific techniques, or is it story-based?
2: It's it's very much story-based, but it also talks about techniques, approaches. It focuses a lot on how you could go wrong. Um, so, it's it's a very interesting read. It's very uh, parts of it are very conversational. So, I would recommend that anybody that's interested in how to Form relationships in a way that doesn't seem pushy or self-serving. This would be a great resource for them. Mm-hmm.
3: Terrific,
0: terrific. Um, I, I think uh, I could actually go back to some of the interviews and pull out the best of uh, BDPAI BDPA radio um, book reviews because. Uh, so I'll have to add this one because I don't think I've heard anyone else um, mention it. Never eat alone. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Now, as I was reading your bio earlier, um, the last part talked about the fact that technology enables us to improve our lives in so many different facets, and BDPA is all about technology. Um, What are some of the trends and resources that you're seeing in your work professionally, or in your volunteer role as a chapter president that you think um, listeners may want to think about and incorporate in what they do?
3: Hmm.
2: Believe it or not, Fran, I'm not really a hardcore techie, so I do technology Mm -hmm. at work. But when I'm at home, I probably use more pencil and paper than anybody else in the digital age. So there aren't a whole lot of technology trends that I follow, but one that I'm particularly interested in is the evolution of society towards Internet-enabled everything. So you can get Internet on your phone, you can get Internet on your TV, your thermostat, your refrigerator, um, and which is all cool. But I'm interested in that as part of a larger trend in um, IT-enabled smart energy consumption. So right now, Germany leads the world in uh, modernization of their energy grid using IT tools. And the U.S. was poised to make major leaps in that space until, you know, we learned about fracking. Now we have these vast stores of natural gas. And so without the energy crisis being at the forefront of people's minds, we've kind of stepped away from that, Technology boom that was, that was coming, so I think there's a lot of fertile ground for technology professionals to be able to invest in this area, to do groundbreaking work, um, to help <clears throat> to help us catch up to the rest of the world in how we use IT to um, manage our energy consumption down to the personal home level, down to the appliance level. So I think for those smart minds out there, this is a field where there's ample financial opportunity as well as um, environmental impact opportunity and social policy opportunity as
0: well. Mm. Wow. What a nice... Uh, I'm just taking some notes here. What a nice wrap-up. So you're identifying an area that um, IP professionals can focus on. Mm-hmm. That's, that's very powerful. Clarence, as we wrap up your interview, I'd love for you To Just take a moment and think about a final thought that you'd like to leave the BDPA iRadio listeners with as they wind down their day and prepare for the rest of the week.
2: Okay. So first, thanks for the opportunity to be here. For those folks out there who are already engaging as volunteers, thank you so much for being part of this important work. For the folks out there who are sponsors, thank you so much for financially and otherwise supporting um, people out there doing great things every day, trying to develop a pipeline of talent. Um, For those professionals out there who are looking for a couple of tips to take that next step, um, I'd leave you with two things, um, both around excellence. So my philosophy around freedom through excellence. So that's my mantra that if you – are the best there is at what you do, then you get to choose more of the opportunities that come your way, more of the assignments that come your way, your ideas will be more highly valued, your opinions will be more heavily weighted, and so you'll have a greater degree of freedom in your workplace. So freedom through excellence. And then the second is no excellence in silence. So a lot of times um we tend to do great great things, expecting those great things to be noticed by everyone on their own, but sometimes Our our ideas have to be championed and publicized and marketed, Um, and so we shouldn't be fearful around doing those things and showing off a little bit um, so that others can uh, help us to fulfill the ideas that we've come up with.
0: Wow. Clarence, thank you so much. Um, It's really been a pleasure to have you on the show. I love how you pulled together Um, a lot of ideas and shared with us some best practices. I clearly see the enthusiasm that you bring to your role as Chapter President. Uh, Thank you for volunteering your time and sharing that with BDPA. And you've given us some wonderful examples to think about and build upon um, as BDPA is in multiple locations throughout the country. So thanks again for being a guest this evening and I um wish you continue to test in your role uh roles, varied roles, at home, at work, and with the BDPA organization.
2: Thank you very much. It has been my pleasure.
0: Thank you. Well, folks, um, you know one of the great things about BDPAI Radio is that we had the opportunity, and you as a listener have the opportunity um, to be exposed to great minds, great thoughts, and great actions. And I really uh, hope that you've been energized as you listen to our first guest, Tyrantul Carter, BDPA Chapter President for BDPA Cincinnati. Our next guest is a favorite guest of our uh, listeners, and he is Dr. Jesse Benley, Executive Director of the Joint Educational Facilities. And uh, JEF, as I like to call it, provides a wonderful service, giving high school students the ability to build and use sophisticated resources. Dr. Benley's program makes Attractive to colleges, universities, and employers because he provides the students with the skills and confidence that they need to succeed. Now, Dr. Benamouli is the inspiration behind a quarter century, uh, behind over a quarter century of high school computer competition programs, as well as a decade of the BDPA IT showcase. And there's been literally thousands of BDPA students who have benefited from the genius of Dr. Benley. So with that very brief bio, I would like to welcome Dr. Benley to our program. Good evening, Dr. Benley. How are you tonight?
3: Good evening, Fran. Thanks for that intro. Um, I wanted to say that, uh, you know, it's going to be kind of hard coming behind Clarence. And I want to say to Clarence that the the last thing that he was talking about, the Internet being pervasive across all these various genres, uh, we have a name for that. That's called the Internet of Things. And he may want to Google that.
0: Internet of Things?
3: The Internet of Things.
0: (laughs) Okay, I know that uh, he said that he would stay on the line. So um in fact, uh Emeraldo, if you can for a moment, would you open up Clarence's mic and let's just do a, a little interchange because uh Dr. Benley is picking up on an idea and if Clarence is there. Clarence, are okay. you there? Excellent. So Doctor Benley, um tell us a little bit more about this Internet of Things and perhaps you and Clarence can have a, a brief dialogue.
3: It was just a concept that uh, some of the some of the corporations are looking at, and um, I have a a white paper that I'd be happy to send Clarence on that. And that's about as much as I know. I just know that there's a name for it.
0: Okay, the Internet of Things, Clarence. Yeah, were I... you aware of that? And his mic may not be
1: on. I also
3: wanted to say to him that I'm very excited about the things that they are doing in Cincinnati, but very disappointed that they didn't have an IT showcase participant this year.
0: (laughs) So share with the audience, Dr. (laughs) (laughs) Benley, why you would have that disappointment. Why, I are you, have that why are you so passionate? Why you so passionate about the IT showcase? And why should every chapter have um, students participating?
3: Because you guys uh, talked me into doing it, and so over the last decade I've been doing the IT showcase, and so I have to put my 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 prestige behind that, and we had we were we were going pretty good in Cincinnati for one while there they had the first local IT showcase back in 2004 and they've had uh student participation in several years for several years after that this year they didn't have any participation and so i know that as energetic as Clarence is and all these different things that he's doing that he can pull some high school students out for the IT showcase. In fact, uh, as a suggestion, he may want to have a student do a project on the Internet of Things.
0: Hmm. So what would be involved? Let's let's just say Clarence is, is uh, listening with his team. What would be some concrete steps that they would need to take in order to have a student ready to participate in the IT showcase August of 2014, Dr. Bentley?
3: Well, uh, what they could do is pull down Janice Lee's document where she actually built the program and then just continue the implementation.
2: Okay, so okay. I had a bit of technical difficulty, but um, I have received the challenge from Dr. Bimley, and you know that is firmly in our sights. Now we will not be uh, <clears throat> amiss in that area henceforth.
3: You really know how to make a guy happy, don't you? <laughs> I tried. <laughs>
2: I bow to your prestige.
0: Okay.
3: I, well, it's I had to throw that in there. years of results.
0: Years of results.
3: I just had Excellent. to throw that in there.
2: I see you couldn't help yourself. Okay, but that's okay. Right. We, we appreciate being called out like that. You know. So now we can rise up.
3: I ca- I kind of do what I have to do. And but and next
2: then, time we're on together, right? You're gonna you're gonna have to uh, hype us up, right? So.
3: And and I have no problem doing that. In fact, when we. When you guys did the first local IT showcase, um, there was a write-up about Janice Lee in the IT showcase
0: proceedings. Cincinnati has a track record. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, Dr. Benley, you mentioned, you know, over a decade ago, um, you started the BDPA IT Showcase. What was what was the inspiration behind that, and why was it why was it necessary given that the high school computer competition was already in place and very successful?
3: Well, in 2001, Dwight Hutchett, who was at that particular point in time the HSCC co coordinator, proposed the IT Showcase. And for some reason, they weren't able to get that going. So in 2003, um, Wayne Hicks, who was the BDPA president-elect, asked me to accept the challenge. And so it was working with students, and, you know, it's kind of hard for me to turn down an opportunity to work with students. So I accepted his challenge, and... In that
0: year, we had the first IT showcase. That's how they they got started. Okay, so that's how that got started. And like many things, it, it takes a little time for it to go from idea to action. Over the last 10 years, what... What really, when you think about it, what really makes the IT Showcase special Um, as an an event and as an activity?
3: Well, what makes the IT Showcase special is the, as opposed to the HSCC, is that the HSCC deals with technical skills. And I'm talking about IT-type skills, Uh, computer building and web design, um, creating web applications, those kinds of things. And and also knowing a great deal about uh, IT history and BDPA history and the contributions that uh, we African-Americans have made to the whole computing discipline, whereas... The IT showcase is more academic in that the student actually does research in a subject area or on a topic, and they write the results of that research up in a 10-page paper, and then they do a 15-minute PowerPoint presentation based on the paper and a three-by-four-foot poster which graphically depicts what's in the paper and they actually get judged on each of those things. We have a poster presentation. We have a PowerPoint presentation, which is what people see. And the judges also take a look at their paper, which is printed in the proceedings of the IT Showcase. The IT Showcase is the only part of the BDPA National Technology Conference that has a true proceedings.
0: So it is comparable to the proceedings that professionals at the graduate level.
3: That you have in ACM conferences, IEEE Computer Society conferences, etc. Mm hmm. And those are the two largest professional organizations, largest organizations for computing professionals in the country. And I think the IEEE Computer Society is the largest one in the world.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, from a student's standpoint. There are a number of advantages, and now that you've got 10 years of results, what are maybe the top three reasons that a student says, wow, that was a great opportunity for me?
3: Okay, number one, if the student is in the IT showcase, the student is published. That means, and also the student has made a poster presentation. So the student has the opportunity then to put two additional sections on their resume, one publications section and one presentation section. In the publication section, a, p- a paper will be published in a proceeding, and that paper will be published that one time because of the copyright uh, proceedings. That presentation could be made multiple times in multiple venues. And so each time that presentation is made, that could be added to the list of presentations on the student's resume. Now, given a student's resume, if we have two students who have the same skills and qualifications, et cetera, but one is published and one is not, an employer w- would select the published one over the one who wasn't published because of the effort that it takes in order to actually do the research, to write the paper, and the effort to get it published. That's a real big deal. Mm
0: -hmm. So those are three distinct advantages. Being published, having the opportunity to make presentations, and then it really makes their resume uh, much more competitive. And over the years, Students have received scholarships uh that it's made them more attractive for college admissions. They've received scholarships, they've received opportunities um that they wouldn't otherwise have
3: gotten. And internships.
0: And internships, right. right.
3: Now consider so, this. Consider this. Mm-hmm. Uh, At this particular point in time in Minneapolis, the INFORMS conference is going on, and that is the National Conference for Operation Research and Management Science and Analytics Professionals. And one of our students, Jesse Bimley, my daughter, presented a poster at the INFORMS conference. Well, she'll be able to put that on her resume. Now, this is on the Ph.D. level. The very thing that she just did, the high school students in the IT showcase are doing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you've had an opportunity to really provide professional-level activities to students at a very early age. So you've been innovating, you know, for the past 25-plus years. When you look to the future, what's the direction that you'd like to see BDPA take with its students' programs um, to, to keep BDPA on the cutting edge and for students to continue to have really you know,
3: excellent opportunities. Well, um, you just took some of my words, Brian. I said that Uh-oh. the BDPA student programs ought to be on the cutting edge of technology, and they should be leaving IT dinosaurs like me in the dust. And I said, we could take some lessons from uh, BDPA LA John Melanson, who's doing some exciting things out there with the the Young people in his chapter. He got them out there doing uh, current types of things. Um, don't know whether or not you're familiar with Raspberry Pi or not. Are you? I'm.
0: I'm. I'm not.
3: Raspberry Pi is a credit card sized computer, and he's got some of his kids out there working with a Raspberry Pi. Wow, that's exciting. Uh, and, and, have they and made you can, a
0: YouTube video of that yet?
3: Uh, don't think so. Okay. Don't think they have. But, you know, he, he's one of those YouTube-type people, so I'd venture to say that that's probably going to wind up happening. Excellent. And in Minnesota, the chapters in Minnesota are doing a real good job for preparing students for traditional kind of careers. So on the you know on the technology and career side, that's the kind of thing that we should be doing mm-hmm. every time a new concept or product is introduced somewhere in b d p a that should be a student doing research about it. What is it? Why should we have it? What concepts does it build upon? You know how does this advance the body of knowledge that we have about that kind of technology. You you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's not what happens. Only in places like Joint Educational Facilities and like what they're doing out in L.A. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other thing that I'm proposing is that there should be a position at the national level where students programs oversight, and that position should have the IT showcase and the HSCC reporting to it. I mean, we should still have the coordinators at the event level, but then there should be somebody on the national level that's monitoring and managing all that.
0: From a, a quality standpoint, a development standpoint, a research standpoint? Just give all, me a little more of, clarification. All, of,
3: all all of the above. hmm All of the above.
0: Okay. With the goal to have the oversight, as you mentioned.
3: Okay. Well, number one, you got somebody at that level who can actually push for those programs. Mm-hmm. Right now, we have some coordinators, and those coordinators uh, are at the mercy of the executive committee. And there's nobody on the national level that can actually. You know, bring the hammer down for the programs. Hmm. And when I say the programs, I'm talking about across BDPA.
0: Okay. Okay.
3: Because I don't believe that. You know, there's too too many cases of of students not being able to participate in programs coming to national because of funding. Mm -hmm. And one of your questions was, what two lessons would I like to share with the BDPA Mm iRadio? First one was that BDPA should fully fund the IT showcase because the chapters are not doing so. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we'd have a lot more college students if we were fully funded. There was a at the Richard Tapia Conference there was a ton of students making presentations there, mm-hmm. and our leadership saw that, and their comment was we how can we get something like this at our conference and I only gave one one word that was funding. <laughs> Each one of those students was fully funded. So
0: just for me to break it down, they were fully funded in that their airfare and hotel in order to get to the conference was paid for and the students did the research and preparation necessary to have something to uh, present as a paper and to present as a presentation.
3: That is correct.
0: Okay. Okay. And I I do know uh because I see the emails and postings on Facebook that there is currently a $100 a day challenge um on Facebook that uh Wayne Hicks um the BDPA uh Education and Technology Foundation executive director is running so that there are more funds to send more students to the national conference. Um, so I I know that uh, this is a, a great opportunity for you to put forth your platform um, and uh, encourage the funding of the IT showcase. Um, I sit in the Philadelphia chapter. And I know that members have been regularly asked to contribute to uh, get students uh, more involved. And in Philadelphia, we have approximately 26 colleges and universities in a fairly small footprint. So we've got lots of um, opportunities to get people involved. What's the second lesson that you'd like to uh, share with our audience?
3: It is, we have a lot of members out there across the country who have good ideas. Mm-hmm. And I think that more of those ideas should be brought to percolate up to the top so that they could be implemented. But what I want to encourage people who have ideas to be careful of is, if it's a good idea, and the leadership really likes that idea, then they're going to say, oh, that's a great idea. Let's do it. When they say let's do it, that left is you, (laughs) the person with the idea. Yes. So if you got a good idea and you aren't prepared to move with that idea, move on it to implementation, you know, um, it's going to be difficult for it to for it to become a reality. Fair I enough. Mean, we, we have we have a we have a volunteer organization, and that's the way we make things work.
0: Mm-hmm. So inherent in that, or or embedded in that, is the opportunity to make the idea a reality and uh you have certainly shown us time and time again that um you know that it, it's possible to do that and you you literally have um continued to give the organization through the high school computer competition and the i t e showcase examples of how believing in students um encouraging them to use their mind. Um, to take the time to do the research and to leverage the skills of adults, um, that those students, in fact, can make a difference and present professional quality uh, research that is published and presented. And and that, you know, that is very inspiring.
3: And I would be happy to anybody with an idea, I'd be happy to talk to them and give them my two cents worth. Uh, and the one thing that they wouldn't have to worry about is me trying to take their idea. Mm-hmm. That's not the way I'm made. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see us do things, and I want to see us blossom
0: Dr. Benley, your your statements and what you shared over the past fifteen or so minutes is exactly the reason that we're on the air. It's an opportunity for our listeners, our members, our sponsors, our leadership to hear from the voices of BDPA. And as we as we wrap up, I'd like for you to leave us with a final thought. You've shared many things, um, and what's a what's a final thought that we might want to focus on from your perspective?
3: Well, you know, time moves on; it doesn't wait for us, and we get older and older. And what I'm looking for is an understudy to work with me so that when the time comes for me to step down, there will be continuity in leadership. So if there are any interested people out there, they should contact me.
0: Hmm. Okay. And does someone need to have a, a Ph.D. or uh MBA or be a CIO? Um, in order to step up in that understudied role?
3: It has to be somebody who is really interested and committed. Okay. And I will put, you know, myself behind them. And I don't want people to think that I'm getting ready to conk out or anything, but, you know, you, you really need to think about those kinds of things, uh, trying to train the person that's going to succeed you so that you have some some continuity, but you also want to bring new ideas and perspectives in also. Mm-hmm. hmm because, you know, I don't have a monopoly on ideas. In fact, I'm one of those people who probably don't have a whole lot of new ideas in the first place. But I can take what's already there and I'll make it work.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Excellent. Well, Dr. Benley, again, it is always a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, you put things so well. Um, you encourage um, you, you started off with a challenge to your to the previous guest, um, so you are, are truly insightful, and you hold people to a level of excellence, um, which is very encouraging. And um, on this show, there have been a number of challenges issued, and I think it's a wonderful opportunity that you've just provided to our listeners to contact you if they're interested, and committed um, in being an understudy uh, to help with the continuation of your leadership. So that's, that's very exciting, and I am—I um, uh, will make sure that that gets shared, uh, certainly on the air, but also through the EPA Today and the blogs, so that uh, ideally you'll get some responses to your challenge. So thank you very much, Dr. Emily, for being on the air with us this evening. And, thank and you guys, uh, I, I wish you a great putting week. Up with me. Oh, I <laughs> love it! I love it. Um, we we want to have uh, serious challenges and uh, serious opportunities. So thank you so much.
3: Okay. Good night.
0: Good night. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So, our third and final guest is Pablo More. Pablo is the chapter president of BDPA Orlando. Pablo, how are you this evening?
1: Good evening. I'm doing well, Brian. Thank you.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Thanks so much for being on the show. Um, it's uh, really wonderful to have the show anchored by two chapter presidents. Um, our first guest was Clarence Lacard from Chapter President of BDPA Cincinnati, and you're Chapter President of BDPA Orlando. And you've been the President uh, there for a number of years, is that correct?
1: Uh, yes, that's correct. Yes.
0: So tell us a little bit about um, how you first got involved with BDPA and why you're such a passionate advocate. Wayne had shared that with me, and I'd, I'd love for our listeners again. A little bit of the personal story.
1: Sure. Um, I first got involved with BDPA uh, back in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, this was like in the mid to late 1990s. I met uh, Edwin uh, Edwin Sapp, um, who is the uh, was the chapter president of Boston Metro West. He had uh, came to an event, uh, a forum at Harvard University. And uh was introduced to BDPA through Edwin. Um, and I joined the BDPA Boston Metro West chapter then. I relocated to Orlando, Florida back in 2006. And uh, when I relocated, I looked out um, on the local chapter here, which was uh, um, back then, uh, it was Betsy Peoples who was the chapter president. The Orlando chapter was founded by Jim Middleton, uh, about uh eleven years ago here jim is uh is still very involved with the chapter, as is Betsy, so we have maintained that continuity um here with the chapter
0: so I know that um Wayne had shared with me that in addition to being uh the chapter president, you also served as the chapter president liaison for a number of years and so with you were responsible for um, bringing together uh, the 45-chapter presidents to learn about various issues and make policy recommendations to the National BDPa Board of Directors. Um, What got you involved in that role and what was that experience like? Um, Yeah,
1: that was a great experience. I came in... got involved in that uh so actually uh, some years ago um it's actually about 5 years ago um the current structure of BDPA is now has changed since then but uh, before then we each chapter president would have to attend a quarterly board meeting and one of the um uh one of the ways chapter president who cannot those who cannot attend or or um cannot attend um, there was the president liaison, which was kind of a role that the national president would appoint. Um, and I was appointed, um, fa- uh, actually, the, excuse me, the vice president would appoint. Um, and I was appointed to that position. It was a, a position I very much uh, uh, was appreciative of, since it was an opportunity to help my other fellow chapter presidents. And through that uh the thing that one was able to do is communicate the issues concerns opportunities, and also provide training to fellow chapter presidents as well as resources uh to, to the presidents and the and their chapters so uh we did that in the quarterly board meetings uh chapter presidents who attended would we would have training mm-hmm. we also uh we also provided live meeting webinars so those that could not attend can still participate. So there was a lot of um, training and um, restructuring that took place um, about uh, during that time. This was five years ago, and that's where the whole uh, kind of launch pad of where we are now, where there was the restructuring, where basically we're much more efficient, more lean, able to operate much more quickly and get things done much better and you see that through the last two uh, uh, administrations of the last two national presidents, uh, Monique Berry, who did a phenomenal, fantastic job in uh, this mass, uh, mass, uh, uh, most recent national conference, um, followed by uh, her predecessor, uh, Yvette, who also did a, a fantastic job as well. So I think uh, you're seeing what you're seeing in, uh, in leadership and national BDPA is really exceptional.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk a little bit about um, your chapter. You know, um, Orlando. I remember when the national conference um, was in uh, Florida, and so I'm wondering what are some of the best practices that you're using within your chapter. Clarence um, opened up the show. Sharing some of the things that they were doing in cincinnati and so i'd i'd love to get the uh southeastern uh united states perspective
1: sure um so in the in the southeast uh we uh we have um our uh v p is uh, uh regina uh, excuse me teresa williams and felicia from Atlanta. both of them are kind of our uh leadership in the region and here you know and very and I, I want to uh, say a thank you to Teresa and Felicia uh regional representatives. Here in Orlando uh what we're doing is trying is leveraging our uh our strengths and the strengths and and by this I mean industry strengths. So the er, uh the area of focus uh for the remainder of this year and throughout 2014 is in healthcare and biotechnology. We have a fantastic opportunity in that within Orlando there is a uh healthcare biotech hub called Lake Nota Medical City. So the program in which we are doing is focused on that since is- uh with a uh, a me a um, focus on developing a pipeline both from a uh youth uh, elementary middle school high school college professional and small businesses to make them aware of the types of opportunities that exist in this healthcare biotech hub that is really flourishing. We are just in the third year of this. Um, l- later this year, early next year, the VA Medical Center is going to go live, and this will be the largest in the country. We already have the UCF Medical Schools, uh, uh, the Burham's, uh Research Institute, Nemo's Children's Hospital, uh uh U uh, University of Florida Health Alliance um school there. So we have several uh healthcare institutions that have all gone live within two to three years in a wide area that is like about three to four times the size of Boston's own uh Longwood medical area, which is for decades has been ranked as the leader but uh, my belief is that by 2020 you will see Lake Nona Medical City in Orlando, Florida, become the healthcare capital of the country. So we're providing programs where no other tech user group is doing so.
0: Wow. So um, tell me a little bit more. I mean, I, I, I understand where it's going. If I... So so I'm here in Philadelphia. Um, if I were to relocate to Orlando in April of 2014 and I got involved in the BDPA Orlando chapter, what would these opportunities that you just mentioned, what would those mean to me? How would I connect into them? Um, and how is the chapter, you know, leveraging this uh, biotech hub?
1: Great question. So the where we're starting from is as a, uh education type of training uh, service provider. Yes, this month we had cybersecurity and healthcare. Next month we're going to have clinical systems follow, uh, followed by the Florida Uh, Health Information Exchange, which Harris Corp. runs the back end of that. So what we're doing is bringing in the leaders. I work at Adventist Health Systems, which owns Florida Hospital, which is the number one uh, ranked hospital by U.S. News, um, here in the whole state of Florida, and it's the largest one in the whole state altogether. So leveraging both the resources that I have available to me, coupled with the different types of uh, uh, vendors, service providers, we bringing in forth we're bringing these types of resources to the programming meeting so that people are able to connect have access, learn about the, learn about the systems, the the industry itself and as well as provide a means for training. So for, for those who are members they will have an opportunity to get training also to be able to connect and get, uh, uh, get connect through networking with some of the resources um, and for college students and youth, an opportunity for internships and college credit hours. Uh, Florida Hospital Adventist Health Systems with Florida Hospital come January is going to kick off an initiative where there will be internships. So students who are looking to get into the healthcare field will be able to come in and get some uh, some internship hours, college credit hours. Uh, They will get exposure to the types of technologies which we are implementing, such as Oracle, PeopleSoft, as well as learning about clinical systems, Cerner, uh, NextGen, and a host of others. So learning about the industry, learning about the technology, being exposed to all of that um, at all different levels. So whether someone who has never had any type who's new to healthcare, such as myself, I'm coming from a financial services background, but I'm starting here in the healthcare industry early this year and made the switch. So, it doesn't really matter with much your background. it's just really are you hungry and want to learn because it's really a tremendous opportunity. So we're trying to bring forth the the resources and also provide the training and the means by which someone can plug in and take advantage of these opportunities.
0: That's exciting <laughs> that is really, really exciting um, what Now, I don't know – one of the questions that I often ask is um, around lessons learned or best practices. I I think I'd still like to ask that because not every chapter is positioned um, geographically that there's an industry that is just ready to, you know, take off, and so they don't necessarily have these opportunities to present to their members. Um, so given that you've had these opportunities and that you personally have switched um, industries, as you mentioned, from financial services, um, what, are, what are some lessons learned um, as a, a chapter president, as a former chapter president liaison, that might be relevant for our listeners?
1: Uh, for professionals, I would say whatever your industry that you are in, definitely leverage LinkedIn and follow and learn as much about that industry. So, for example, whether it's joining the groups on LinkedIn or following those companies which are leaders um, and uh, and. Leaders in that industry, follow them within LinkedIn. That's just one thing on a basic level for individual professionals. The other thing I would say is to uh, literature, uh, to read up the local business journal for that city, state that one is a part of so they can also know what are the trends, things taking place in that industry. You definitely want to follow that. Follow economic development, which is the lifeblood of the state and and, uh, what are the changes and things that are taking place. So that's for the individual professionals. For the chapters, what we have done and kicked off is leverage meetup. That is a means by which since the many tech user groups are using meetup to to broadcast their meetings, we ourselves are doing that to get a larger audience and finding that to be effective. That coupled with also sitting on an advisory board for a local college or university, the IT advisory board, so that you can then have direct contact with those um, uh, IT faculty and make them aware of your program meetings and opportunities for students, as well as sitting on an advisory board for the local community, uh, whether it's economic development or business development, somewhere along those lines you want to plug yourself in so that way you have access to the business environment as well as the education environment. Mm, Wow, some
0: great strategies. Um, that's really that's really powerful. Um, I'd like to sort of connect, you had an opportunity to hear the other guests. I'd like to, to kind of make a, a tie in. Um, and I also recognize that we're running short on time. So I'm I'm going to ask you the, the final question, which is in the remaining minutes. What's a final thought that you'd like to leave our listeners with, uh, Pablo? Because you, again, your chapter is uniquely positioned um, to set the the groundwork for members to gain skills, um, for people to literally change how technology um, can be used in industry that that's taking off. So remaining minute, what what are your th- final thoughts?
1: Um, my thought well thank you, Fran, for the opportunity to be a part of uh, this radio show and I definitely enjoyed the opportunity to listen to the uh previous two guests, uh Clarence and Dr. Bemley. Uh so very appreciative of that. Uh my final thoughts is yes that uh for folks to really take charge of their opportunities that are before them I think it's a wonderful time right now given the the uh, what is taking place in our in in technology we're seeing rapid changes and we have to take take into account that everything is going to is going to change dramatically between now and 2020 so to really uh, factor in how one how one is going to develop and be uh, uh an entrepreneur I think the the Bible, the career Bible, right now is the startup of you, and I think that is something that in uh, that we all as professionals um, need to look to see what where are we are going to be between now and 2020, uh, and to take grasp of the changes within technology, the tools, the capabilities, um, and 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 to pace ourselves for that, um, to grab hold of that, to join uh, BDPA. Uh, to attend program meetings, to become active, to support, and most importantly, to really help those that kind, uh, help someone else come up. Uh, so reach out to a local public school, elementary school. I think what John Melanson is doing in Los Angeles is fabulous Raspberry Asbury Pie. I'm, I've ordered a few, and that's something that we want to do here as well. Um, and to Dr. Bentley's um, comment, yes, we definitely need to, uh, be uh, represent at the IT showcase. I, uh, Orlando has not been there in, in quite a number of years, so I think that's how uh, I want to accept that challenge as well and be able to uh, send representatives um, there uh, to the IT showcase. Uh, those are my final thoughts. Thank you very much.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, I do want to thank all of our guests tonight. Um, it's been a really vibrant show, and uh, I really like this format of opening and closing with chapter presidents. Um, I'd like to thank Clarence Lacart. Chapter President of BDPA Cincinnati, Dr. Jesse Benley, Executive Director of the Joint Educational Facilities, and Pablo, again, I'd like to thank you, Chapter President of BDPA Orlando, for being a guest on the show this evening. Um, I wish you well. I am so excited that uh, we have two commitments for uh, new entrants in the uh, IT Showcase, and there's been a lot of great sharing of ideas um, tonight. So I'd like to encourage our listeners to join us in two weeks for the next BDPAI Radio show, which will be airing on October twenty second, starting at eight thirty PM Eastern Standard Time. I'm Fran McNeil, host of BDPAI Radio, wishing you a great evening. And once again, thanking our guests and the VDPA Education and Technology Foundation Executive Director Wayne Hicks for allowing us and
1: encouraging
0: us to be on the air. Have a great evening.
1: Thank you. Good night.
0: VBPA iRadio, linking business education and technology. The BBPA iRadio Show creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BBPA stakeholders. Hosted by Fran McNeil. BETF Executive Director is Wayne Hicks. Produced by Michelle F. Ortman. Online chat coordinated by Everaldo Gallimore. Technical advice by John Melanson. Sponsored by the BBPA Education and Technology Foundation bbpa i radio linking business education and technology join us on www dot slash bBpa i radio linking business education